Now, a new feature will be starting on the Daily Lunch very shortly regarding spices and the benefits of cooking with spices. Joining me each week will be RNIB's Veronica Hewins. Veronica has an incredible backstory about her life in India and joins me now. So, Veronica, tell us a bit about your life in India. In India, I had a fantastic life for the first five years of my life. My dad was English and my mum was Indian, so we were known as Anglo-Indians. And my dad worked on the Indian Railway, and we had three servants with a lovely railway bungalow with tropical uh, fruits growing in our garden. In India, if you are rich, you have a servant to tie your shoelaces, one to bring you a cup of tea or coffee. We had a bungalow with tropical trees and beautiful gardens. And this was a beautiful life, but... Dad retired when we we were all under the age of 10, and then life took a different turn. Tell us a bit about that. Okay, when Dad retired from the railway, we had to leave this railway bungalow. My sister and me were sent off to boarding school. We were classified as second-class boarders, which meant that uh, we had to eat the leftovers from the rich children, uh, do chores for them. Uh, Dad and Mum had to leave the railway bungalow. They had my little brother with them. My sister and me stayed in boarding for two years. We also had food that had maggots crawling out of it, and life was really difficult. It quickly turned. My parents spent the next two years living in Orissa, but then on a heyse of friends, decided to move to a city called Bangalore. Now, Bangalore is like everyone's dream moving to London. It is a very, uh, it's a city where you have good weather. Uh, when Britain ruled India, they used Bangalore as their headquarters. And you've got still a lot of the British remnants, like the schools, the uh, uh, museums, uh, the parks that were built by British, the hospitals. It's a beautiful city. A lot of them speak good English. It's a very elite, fast-moving city. And my dad decided to move there with the three children, and he had well passed his retirement age. And it was a strange experience, because when we reached Bangalore, my dad realized that it was a very fast-moving city. He was competing against a lot of uh, highly educated Indians, and he did not have the skills that was required in that city, and he couldn't find work. We had a little money that was left over from the railways. And uh, we recall doing this journey from Orissa to Bangalore on a little steam engine train. So those who ever watch the Indian railways, I'm happy to say that I was one of them who went on the Indian steam trains many years ago. Then when we reached Bangalore, it was a beautiful city with the Lots of multicultural people from all parts of India seeking the same goal to improve their lives and find that little rainbow. And everyone goes to Bangalore because it seems to be the boom city. Did life get better for you then when you went to Bangalore? Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, What happened in Bangalore, like I said, when Dad reached Bangalore, he realized that uh, he couldn't find work. And he just had a little bit of uh, money that was left over from his retirement. 
and Bangalore was a very expensive city. And in India, you've got to pay for everything, like your children's education, uh, food and clothing. And dad had this little money. And on the heyday of friends, it was recommended that he either builds a house or starts his own business. However, dad decided that he would build his house rather than start his own business. So he met with a contractor and when he met with the contractor they soon told him how he could rent part of the rooms as a form of income and also use the other part as a dwelling place but this is where when it went terribly wrong because dad trusted the contractor and gave him his entire sum of money the contractor then did a runner never to be seen again and this left us in total abandonment and poverty my dad being english in india with uh, three small children under the age of 10 and like i said in india there is no welfare system if you don't pay you don't get he had to educate his children feed and clothe them and we then moved to a house that was incomplete which had no running water and electricity and at this stage we were in a total poverty living in a new city and very much uh, in the care of the gods so what um, did your dad do then veronica yeah life was really difficult dad um, had a small pension which was equivalent to 5 uh, pounds a month in today's conversion and if you can imagine bringing up a family with just 5 pounds a month in which you've got to pay for your children's education food and clothing wasn't easy we struggled we had no running water or electricity we quite often went to bed hungry my sister and me were in paying schools and which meant when the money was going to run out we would no longer be able to be educated but in a predominantly hindu land we had a christian faith we believed in god and when we went to church one day we met people who told us about a british school that gave the odd scholarship so my sister and me uh, went along with our parents and approached the school and on hearing about the predicament of my parents and how my dad was embezzled out of his money i decided to educate my sister and me free of charge now this was a real rich school where all the elite and educated of india brought their children like the politicians and doctors and my sisters and me were known as the poor girls we had the everyone's caste off things were really difficult because the education system was really high uh, my sister and me quite uh, often went uh, to school hungry however my sister excelled in her studies she was the clever one she was then made house captain she managed to camouflage and blend in but i was always told off by the teachers saying that uh, you'll never make it you have you're not taking your education seriously but that wasn't the case it was just that everything was so difficult and i found that uh, i just couldn't cope and concentrate quite often going to bed hungry suffering childhood diseases malnutrition such as malaria uh, typhoid and tuberculosis these were all battles that i had to endure So, so you had to, you had an absolutely terrible 
childhood at, at that point. I mean, it just sounds absolutely dreadful, Veronica. It really does. But you always had a dream of, of one day, you know, you would get out of this poverty and that your life would be better. What, tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't very clever at school. So coupled with life's problems, mum began to slip into depression, which meant I was given the task to cook at home. And we didn't have modern commodities like you do in the UK, like gas cookers and fridge and freezers. I recall cooking on coal, kerosene, in dark and dingy little kitchens where you'd have cockroaches and uh, uh, mosquitoes eating you to death and lizards crawling over your head. But it was there that I began to dream that one day, whilst cooking, I would go abroad. One day I would be talking to women and demonstrating my cookery skills. And lo and behold, to every Cinderella story, out of the blues, I got married. And I'm happy to say that this year in June, I married to the same man for 25 years. It was an arranged marriage. I got married and came over to England. Life changed um, beautifully. Veronica, tell us a bit about the difference between cooking in an English kitchen and cooking in an Indian kitchen, you know, between the food and and some of the appliances, the technology, that kind of thing. When I came over to the UK, obviously everything was, um, I thought I'd enter the promised land. Everything was so different. My journey back from Heathrow to the airport, I thought the roads were specially cleaned for me. Uh, The supermarkets were beautiful, filled with choice foods. And back home, my kitchen, my stoves and uh, pots that I had in India and stones that I used to blend my spices was now replaced with proper equipment like the microwave, the gas cooker. And the modern kitchen was absolutely amazing in the UK. It made cooking absolutely amazing. And the best equipment that I still absolutely fond of is the kettle because it's awesome. I could, I always recall a cup of tea in India really difficult to obtain because you would have to go through the whole process of making a cup of tea, of boiling your water and getting some milk. But here you could just switch the kettle on and you could make endless cups of tea. So your life changed. My cooking uh, has taken me to all walks of life. I have cooked for lords and ladies. I have cooked endless amounts of entertaining for family, as well as uh, events for schools, charities, fundraising events, using my cookery skills, talking to the Women's Institute. I've spoken to nine counties and able to tell hundreds of ladies my story of an evening to say that how my dream came true. I refused to give up. My tenacity, my determination kept me going. And it's such an incredible story, Veronica, it really is. And, you know, it just makes me think about all the little things in my kitchen that that kind of do my head in and annoy me from time to time, but that I take for granted so much. Now, the thing I love about you, Veronica, is that, you know, you have a passion for food in the same kind of way that I have a passion for food. I absolutely Mm -hmm. adore food and I adore cooking, but you really put a lot of love into your cooking. And I believe that if you cook with love, then your food is going to taste good regardless. Of course, very much so. But you also, so. you also have a great deal of knowledge about spices. I do. Indian cookery has got, a, as everyone's aware, has got a various amount of different spices and each part of India prides its spices in a different way. And spices not only are good for your cooking, 
enhance your flavours, but they also enhance the health benefits. And this is, of course, you know, why we're speaking to you, Veronica, because over the next uh, few weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the, the things that you can do with spices, but not only to, to kind of spice up and jazz up your food, but also to, to benefit your health as well. Very much so, yes, because the simple little thing that we think of uh, chilli being pungent, but chilli's got a lot of health benefits to it, which I will be talking to you in the next few weeks and tell you about the tastes and the smells, as well as entice you to get cooking with new dishes, with using new spices, bringing in life into your kitchen and that love and passion into your food, which will be fun. Oh, absolutely. It sounds so. No, I'm, I'm very excited about it already. And of course, you have first-hand experience of, of cooking alongside uh, partially sighted people. I mean, you do work for RNIB, um, but also your husband is currently losing his sight as well, isn't he? He has got, um, he's currently diabetic and he's got, uh, he's been receiving injections for his eyes. He isn't, uh, he's still fairly sighted in the sense he is able to work, but if we've been told that uh, in time, things will change. And I've had uh, family members and uh, bracing myself, you know, the time to be able to cope. But yes, uh, we've, uh, it's one of these stages that we will have to incur. And I just think, you know, you just don't let anything stop. You keep going. Well, you said yourself earlier on, you are very tenacious. You are a very, very strong lady, Veronica. You really are. And I look forward to speaking to you more here on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today and telling us your story. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jill. And I look forward to speaking to you again.